Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you. Welcome everyone to Numa Church. It's a great day, and we are one week away from revival season. And we are planning and preparing in faith that we will have Revival Conference, our Revival Nights and our 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And I want to speak a word in season that will prepare us for what's to come. I'm praying that we will be back together live next week. But even if we're not, we're planning in faith that we are going to be meeting together over the next few weeks and seeing God do amazing things. If you felt overcome in this season, I want to encourage you with 1 John 5. It says, Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And that's what we've been praying and singing about today. So why don't we pray and let's get into the Word. Father, I thank You so much for Your presence, Your power. And I thank You, O God, for Your Word that changes us and transforms us. I pray as I preach today, O God, that the gift of faith would be given by Your Spirit into every heart. I pray, O God, that signs and wonders would break out, blind eyes open, uh, sick bodies healed, Lord, minds that have been overcome by all sorts of anxiety and fear. I pray, O God, peace that passes all understanding. I pray, O God, that strength would rise in our spirits and that Jesus, You would be glorified as we come around Your Word right now in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, well, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm gonna read from verses three to five, Isaiah 40, three to five. And uh, last week we talked about from restriction to revival. If you've not heard that message or seen that, just go to our YouTube uh, channel and check that out from restriction to revival. I preach from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. I'm back there this week because I believe that God is wanting to speak to us prophetically into this season. And Isaiah 40 verse 3 to 5 says this, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I wanna speak to us today about prepare the way, prepare the way. You know, when the Queen of England visits a foreign nation, no matter how short or long that trip can be, it can cost up to an amount of $20 million. And so the preparations that are required for a royal visit are exorbitant and costly to the hosting nation. The Japanese government just recently over the last few years has spent over $20 billion for a 16-day event called the Olympics. A record $400 million was spent in the preparation of the Avengers Endgame movie. Music labels will spend over $1 million to produce one hit single. $11 billion was spent by both the Trump campaign and the Biden campaign in the lead up to the presidential race uh, to ensure a successful result. The world we live in 
will seemingly pay any price to make all of the preparations and make any preparations necessary for what it values. But sadly, often the church lags behind in its willingness to prepare for God to move in people's lives and across our city and our nation. What price are we willing to pay as God's people to prepare the way for God to move? in this coming season on the earth, in our city, in our state and nation, in our own church and communities and in our own hearts and lives. You see, the person that God uses to prepare for revival is what the Bible calls a forerunner. The Bible says in verse three of this passage that a voice cries. It's a prophetic reference to the soon and coming prophetic voice of John the Baptist who was gonna be called by God to prepare the way for the coming King, Jesus Christ. And history reveals that before every move of God, there was a voice that was crying out to God for Him to move upon the earth. In Malachi 3.1, the Bible says, Behold, I send my messenger before my face and he will prepare the way before me. All throughout the Bible, we see evidence and examples of this. When King Ahab and Queen Jezebel were leading Israel astray, God raised up a voice in the person of Elijah. And Elijah was known as a troubler of Israel. And so if you're gonna be a forerunner that prepares uh, the way for revival, you've got to endure misunderstanding. You've got to be prepared to endure some, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of controversy and, and misunderstanding at times in order to be the voice that prepares the way for the coming of the King. And so when Israel rebelled against God, even in Jeremiah's time, God raised up the voice of Jeremiah and He gave him a mandate and He gave him a commission. And His mandate was to pluck up and break down, destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And so a voice that prepares the way for the coming of the King often speaks to both the positive aspects of life as well as the negative things that need to be removed out of the way so that God can have His say in our lives. When God's Word was silent for 400 years between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, God raised up a voice, JB Hi-Fi, otherwise known as John the Baptist, and God raised up His voice to prepare the way for the coming King Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was a unique cat. He had his own light and easy diet, locusts and wild honey. He had his own fashion line, camel hair and leather. He had a fixation with reptiles. He would call out the Pharisees and call them a brood of vipers. He was a unique individual. But nevertheless, he was a voice. He was a forerunner. He was the person that God was using to prepare the way for a move of God. You see, John the Baptist was a voice, not an echo. It's so important that we don't echo the complaint of the world in this season, that we don't get on social media and simply echo what the spirit of the world and what everybody else is saying, because that's not going to change anything. But I tell you what will change something is when a voice that cries out to God to move upon the earth and to move in people's lives and calls people attention to the solution of Jesus Christ, that is a voice voice, not an echo. That's a voice that's going to bring people's attention to bear where it needs to in order to prepare the way for God to move. 
You see, before God brings about a victory, He looks for a voice. And the question is, will we, Numa Church, be that voice? Or will we simply echo all of the other voices that are are communicating very loudly right now in the earth. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, God's eyes run to and fro across the earth, looking to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him. God's eyes are running to and fro right now. He's looking for voices. He's looking for a church. He's looking for people that will cry out to Him and that will cry out the the, the solution to the problems that the world is facing at this time. Where does the voice originate from? Well, the prophet Isaiah tells us, God tells us in verse 3, it's a voice crying out in the wilderness. You see, the place of revival is the wilderness. God doesn't choose the well-watered garden to pour out His Spirit, but the dry and weary land where there is no water. In Isaiah 43, 19, just last week, we read where God said, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Where it seems impossible, God will make possible and make a way when it seems like there is no way. You see, God chooses the place which will provide the greatest demonstration of His glory. And I believe that God has chosen the city of Melbourne. I believe that God has chosen the state of Victoria for a great move of His Spirit. Our city over recent months, the last 18 months, has felt like a wasteland. You get out and about and you can feel that spirit of heaviness that is like a blanket over our city. But I'm telling you, God is priming us for revival. God is priming us for a great move of His Spirit across our city and across our state and in fact, across the earth. If you have felt like you're in a wilderness season over the last 18 months, you're not alone. But I'm telling you, you're the prime candidate for a move of God in your life because revival always breaks out where it's needed and the wilderness is where it's needed. The desert places is where it's needed. So if you feel like you're in a dry and weary land, you are the prime candidate for a move of God in your life. You need to take heed of Isaiah 35, 7. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. One of the prophetic pictures that God showed me just recently about what's happening to many people in this season is of an archer with a bow and an arrow. And God showed me that in essence, He is the archer. The bow that He is using is these natural circumstances. God didn't send these circumstances, but God uses what the enemy means for evil for our good. And so you and I are the arrow. And as that circumstance is stretching all of us and many of us feel like we're going backwards, further backwards, further backwards, even practically, economically, even in our own mental well-being. You've got to understand that that arrow has to be stretched back so it can be catapulted forward to hit the bullseye of the target that God intends. There is an outcome on the other side of this. There is a purpose on the other side of this. There is a goal. There is a move of God. There is a great awakening 
awakening. There is a revival on the other side of this. And I may be a voice crying in the wilderness, but I'm going to cry out and I'm going to declare that we will come out of this and we will be stronger and greater than we've ever been before. This is not pop psychology. This is not just another motivational speaker trying to hype us all up. This is the Word of the Lord for this hour, for our church and for your life. We need to understand what is the message that that voice crying in the wilderness is called to proclaim. The prophet tells us in verse 3, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You see, the preparation revival takes place in our hearts and in the heavenlies. Firstly, it must take place in our hearts. When it comes to the moving of the Spirit, our hearts are either a hindrance or a highway for God to move. In Psalm 84, 5, the Bible likens our hearts to a highway to Zion. And that highway is either straight and open or it's crooked, it's obstructed. You know, before road workers lay a new highway, they have to tear up the old road. You can't just lay a new road or a new highway over the old one. You have to tear up the creases and all the issues and challenges and potholes and everything that is on that old road so you can lay a new highway. Before God constructs a highway for Him to come and move in our lives, He has to deconstruct the stumbling blocks of unbelief in our hearts. He has to remove the stones of offence. He has to remove the obstacles of sin that we tolerate in the secret place of our hearts. Isaiah 57, 14 says, Build up, prepare the way. Remove every obstruction from my people's way. That word prepare is a really important word. It speaks of emptying and clearing a field before planting. And you need to know that before the seed gets planted in the soil, the ground has to be ploughed. The soil has to be developed and turned over for that seed to go in there before the rains come and grow a vegetation. You see, Hosea 10, 14 says, break up the fallow ground. And another passage in the Bible, Psalm 51, I think it is, says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. We've got to allow God to break up the fellow ground of our hearts. We've got to allow God to, uh, to do some work in our hearts so that we can be prepared for a move of God in our lives. And so preparing our hearts doesn't just look like you and I sitting in our spiritual hot tubs and drinking iced tea while we watch Jesus go and do all the heavy lifting. Jesus has done everything necessary on the cross. He's risen out of that tomb and now it's empty and He's given us the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. But you and I have a role to play in the preparation of our hearts. You see, you need to understand that willful sin must be repented of. Unchrist-like attitudes must be surrendered. Laziness must be replaced with faithfulness. Temptation mustn't be entertained any longer. 
God has given you a way of escape. And I'm telling you, you have a role to play in your sanctification. You have a role to play in your victory. You have a role to play. You can't just get that Word and just put it on your head and just hope it's all gonna get into your head. You gotta open it up and you gotta read it and you gotta study it and you gotta pray and you gotta get out of that spiritual slumber that the city of Melbourne is in and we gotta wake up to the purposes of God for our lives. We have a role to play in the preparation of our hearts. Isaiah 35, 8 says, Our highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. Is your heart a highway of holiness or is it an obstacle course to the moving of the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you, but I wanna be a conduit of revival. I wanna be a conduit of His power. I wanna be a conduit of His blessing to every person that I meet. I don't want any obstacle. I don't want any stone or rock of unbelief to actually get in the way of God moving powerfully through my life. I pray that we would be a church that rivers of living water would flow without obstruction. I say, let the river flow in Jesus' Name. Don't muddy the waters. Let's not be like the Yarra River. Oh, let the Yarra River turn to blue in Jesus' Name. I just declare that we would be a church that would not be a people that get in the way of what God wants to do in this season, but that we'd go to the highway of our hearts and we'd repent and we would remove anything. You've got to have a holy resolve in this season that you are not going to be overcome, but your faith is going to overcome that which is coming against you. So you need to understand that preparation first begins in our hearts, but it doesn't begin and end there. It actually needs to move to others' hearts. You see, in, natu- in the natural, rain must fall upon seed if there is to be a harvest. Way back in 1551, parts of South America hadn't actually seen rain for decades. But a uh, weather system called El Nina had brought torrential rains to that particular part of the coast of South America and literally thousands of kilometres of desert turned into a green paradise in a very short period of time. How? It's because the millions of seeds that had been previously sown by generations before and lay dormant for decades, when that rain came, the seed sprung forth and plantation and vegetation and gardens all started to develop in a short few months. I wanna say to you today, no seed you've sown in someone else's heart is wasted. Don't you dare give up sowing seeds into your neighbours' lives, into your unsafe family and friends' lives, into the lives of people around you. If you're gonna get on social media, you may as well use it to plant seeds of hope and life and destiny and purpose in people's lives. If you're gonna go to a cafe, get a coffee in this season, go for a walk plant seeds of hope and destiny and purpose and life. Don't complain about how bad it is. Speak to what God is doing in your life because when the rain of revival hits the seeds that have been planted in other people's hearts, I'm telling you, there will be fruitfulness. There will be something that is produced out of their life. We've got to keep covering the ground of people's hearts with the incorruptible seed of God's Word and the incorruptible seed of the testimony of what God has done in your life. So it's 
preparation begins in our hearts, then in others' hearts, and then it moves to the heavenlies. In Ephesians 6, we're told we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly realm. So we're not in a physical battle, although it may feel like that at times, we're in a spiritual battle. Natural things are a reflection of what's going on in the supernatural realm. And you need to understand that people's minds have been darkened by spiritual deception. There is a spiritual blindness that is over people's minds and hearts and their wills are captive to the corruption of sin. The answer to this is not just preaching the gospel and planting the seeds of the gospel in people's hearts. It must be accompanied by relentless warfare prayer. We have got to be a people of prayer. Prayer fuels power, prayer changes things and prayer is the preparation of the highway, the supply line to the front line of a move of God. And so coming on August 2nd, we are launching 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I wanna invite you to join with me to fast one meal daily and to replace that meal with prayer. I would encourage you to give yourself to the focus of prayer. We've got revival nights that are coming up over the course of August leading up to Revival Conference. We will open our Numa Melbourne City location 7am to 8am every morning over those 21 days and we'll have different leaders leading the prayer meetings as we call the church to pray. I would encourage you to pray and you're coming in, pray and you're going out, pray in your car, pray when you're going for a walk, pray in your lounge room, your bedroom, your dining room and the toilet. Pray everywhere that you can. Pray, pray. Pray, 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 because if we will pray, we will prepare the heavenly realms. We will prepare the supernatural atmosphere for an outpouring of God's Spirit that none of us have ever seen before in our lives. Hosea 10, 12 says, It's time to seek the Lord, that He may rain righteousness upon you. You see, the victory that Jesus has secured over Satan on the cross must be enforced through warfare prayer. And when the highway of our hearts are prepared and the heavenlies are prepared in supernatural prayer and faith, we then become recipients of the promise of revival. The promise of revival in the text is transformation. The Bible says in verse four, every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. You see, in revival, a divine reconciliation takes place where what's upside down gets turned right side up. All the things that are deemed foolish in this world, the fear of God, righteous living, Obedience to the Lordship of Jesus, the life of faith, the, the whole concept of grace. All of these things are deemed foolish in the eyes of the world. But in revival, they're elevated to become a mountain. And every crooked agenda of this world, the lust of the flesh, the greed of men's hearts, the love of self gets pulled down and becomes flat in the valley. God has a habit of correcting the scales and straightening crooked things out. That's why He says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and He will make straight your paths. Your paths will only become straight if you put your trust in the Lord. Your paths will only become straight if you acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. If you've been feeling a little bit crooked, a little bit out of alignment, you need to book in an appointment with the divine chiropractor of your soul. And you need to ask Him to bring alignment to your spirit, to your mind, to your relationships, to your finances, to every area of your life. The people of God can prosper in a time of famine. The people of God can rise above everything that's going on around us because we're the land of Goshen. We're a part of a different breed of people. There's a different DNA. And if you have faith in Jesus, you don't have to fear the things that the world around you fears. We have a God who's like this divine chiropractor who knows when something is out of joint, He knows how to bring it back into alignment. We see evidence of this in Luke 18 where there was a woman who had been bent over for 18 years. Ever had a back problem? You know, most of us have always felt some pain in our back from time to time. Maybe you did something sometimes with back issues. Maybe you haven't done anything and your back just goes out. Well, this lady was attacked by an oppressive spirit. And she has one encounter with the divine chiropractor. And Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, thou art loose from your infirmity. And all of a sudden, she'd been bent over for 18 years. She straightened up and started to walk around with a spring in her step. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ may have felt like it's been bent over and crooked in this season. Things may have felt like it's bent over and crooked in this season. But I command you, you're loose, straighten up lift up your head and begin to see the glory of the Lord manifest in your life. If you will prepare the roadway, God will reveal the promise and He'll bring transformation into every single area of your life. You see, the transformation that God brings serves the ultimate purpose of revival. And the ultimate purpose of revival, why does God bring revival? It's so that we would see a manifestation of His glory in people's hearts and across the earth. And that's exactly what the prophet declares in verse 5. He says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And let me tell you, when God speaks, heaven and earth may pass away, but every word will stand for all eternity. When God speaks, you can go to the bank on it because that word, that voice is a word that you can trust, that you can count on to come to pass. And in fact, this reference is a prophecy of the coming revelation of Jesus Christ. And that all of the flesh, all of the creation, all of the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord through King Jesus. When you and I catch a glimpse of God's glory, we're never the same again. When the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord and the train of His robe filling the temple, he was absolutely undone. He commented and reflected on this in Isaiah 6.5 when he says, Woe is me, for I am lost a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Himself. You know, Isaiah's encounter with God so transformed his heart that he surrendered it 
to answer the call to go and prepare the way on behalf of the kingdom of God. In verse 8, we read his response. He says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. You see, when our preparation is marked by consecration, there will result a manifestation of the glory of God in our lives. That's so good, I'm going to say it again. When our preparation is marked by consecration, there will be a manifestation of the glory of God in our lives and the world around us. This city, I declare and I believe, is on the brink of one of the greatest manifestations of God's glory that the history of this city has ever seen. I heard a prophecy recently uh, from a great friend, Steve Penny, where he actually declared that Melbourne is a city of God's favour. And that by 2030, this would be a city that would have the, a nation that would have the strongest churches in Australia would come out of this city. And Numa Church, I'm telling you, we are a part of that prophecy. We're in the bullseye of what God is about to do over this next decade across our planet across our nation and across our city. God wants to bring a revival of transformation into our hearts, into our city and our nation. And Numa Church, God is calling us to prepare the way for the Lord and make straight His paths in the desert. Psalm 24, 9 says, Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Wherever you are right now, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you that you and I would begin a season and a journey to prepare the way. Father, I thank You so much, Lord, that You are speaking to us prophetically, pastorally, apostolically, evangelistically and every other way. And I thank You, Lord, that You are on the move, that God, You are stirring our hearts. You are speaking life and truth into every one of our spirits. And I just declare today, Lord God, that if there are things in our hearts that we need to repent of, if there's attitudes, if there's laziness, if there's slumber that we actually, oh God, need to repent of and turn away from and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Father, right now, I thank You that You are cleansing us, that You're helping us to partner with You to remove all of these things that would be an obstruction to revival in our lives. I pray, oh God, that we as a church would be ready. We would be prepared. We would have resolve in our hearts, oh God, that we'll play our role and we can trust that You'll play Your role. You will provide a way. You'll provide what we need and You will bring to pass that which You've declared even from long ago as well as in recent times. We just declare today, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight His paths that all flesh shall see Your glory just like they did 2,000 years ago on that cross and in that empty tomb. I'm praying, O God, that this city and nation, Lord, will see a manifestation of the glory of the Kingdom of God. Father, we thank You that You're gonna bring revival and transformation into people's hearts. So I pray, O oh God, that we would pray, we would fast, we would prepare our hearts, we would prepare others' hearts. We would have a reason for the hope that we have and the Name of Jesus would be glorified. Your Kingdom would be extended and Your Church would be built. We love You, we honour You. We are expectant of supernatural signs and wonders. I pray, O oh God, that restrictions would ease, that churches would open up, that Father, 
Father, businesses would get back. And God, that we would see a move of Your Spirit like never before. We curse this virus in Jesus' Name. We send it to the pit of hell and we declare an open highway without restrictions, without obstacles. And Father, we just pray that over the next six months, there will be more and more momentum built in every home, every marriage, every ministry and in this church that God, we will see Your Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.